and I don't have anything prepared to say. So, you know, it's just going to all be me. I, and me too. I don't have one question written down. So, okay, cool. <laughs> all right. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a Welcome back, Freedom Junkies, to the podcast that takes your freedom to the next level. We all know that government always gets out of hand, and we can all agree that ours is pretty darn out of hand. It's like Jabba the Hutt. And a podcast called Freedom Junkie Radio really wouldn't be complete without a discussion about having no government at all. What if we just started over without it? The philosophy of anarchy, which in my book is not a bad word. It smacks of punk rock, which is a great thing. Anyway, today we have with us to discuss anarchy, my cousin's wife, I call her my cousin, the lovely, beautiful, fabulous, amazing Bon Crowder. And uh, Bon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, you and I sat at Thanksgiving and had an amazing afternoon writing a novel together in our minds. And it was this futuristic, somewhat dystopian, somewhat utopian novel that never got written except that we had the best afternoon. And we decided, one of us said, okay, and, and how, how should, should the people be governed? And we thought, how about no government? And I thought, well, we need to have a little government because you know, no government really wouldn't work. And you said, why not? So let's just start there. What would it be like if we had no government? Uh, first of all, just be pleased as punch because that also means no political conversations. So unfortunately, uh, as you know, I married a political conversationalist. So, um, but that <laughs> beside the point, um, so yeah, um, no government would mean, uh, you would have to govern yourself. So, um, there's the question I've been listening to, um, instead of audiobooks, I've been listening to Blinkist, which has like miniaturized cliff note audiobooks. Um, and the the discussion of, you know, how do you why do you do what's right? Why do you do what's wrong? You know, what is what does that look like? And so I think it's really interesting that so much of the things when people do bad things, a lot to do with um, well, that's what I was told to do. You know, somebody else told me to do that. I don't know if you know about the, I think it's Milligan or Milgram studies. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Yeah. The, this guy, gosh, I was in seventies or fifties or something. Anyway, he, um, he had, uh, volunteers come in and he said, okay, one of you is going to be the teacher and one of you is going to be the learner. And so they would draw to see who, which, which one it was. Well, it was, um, it was planned that one of them was always the learner and that was a staged person. So that was an actor. So, um, the, the true person that was being tested was always the teacher. So they put the teacher in one room and they put the, the learner in another room. And the idea is Every time they get it wrong, the teacher's supposed to zap them. Okay. So, um, and then as they get more wrong, they turn up the electricity on the zapper. So, so it, it can, so it hurts. So, and it goes up to like 450 volts or megavolt something anyway, like, so, and they tell them it's not going to have permanent damage to that person, but it will hurt. So, um, and so the, the experiment was, 
will the teacher continue to turn it up even though the actor in the other room, the learner is actually screaming, you know, cause he keeps of course missing them. So, and, and the 65% followed orders because they're supposed to turn it up and they just kept turning it up. So, yeah, I know. Right. So, so Nazi, so, so Nazi. Exactly. Exactly. The reason why he did that was because of that that whole people go, well, I was just following orders. Well, you know what? You did some pretty ugly, nasty, horrible, horrible things. And now you're saying, oh, I was just following orders. Is that real? And so that's what caused him to study this. And so it did a whole bunch of other studies, you know, with different variations of it. But so the point is, is that, you know, when you have authority and authority tells you to do something, you get to then kind of, you don't have to take responsibility. You can, you can actually feel okay about it where it's like, well, I mean, they said I'm supposed to do it. They said that they're, you know, covering it if anything happens. So I'm just going to crank it up. I wonder if it would have been really interesting if they had continued the study and let people completely choose. Say, you know, hey, this is completely up to you. We're going to do this thing where this is the the teacher zaps the learner if they're wrong. But if you're not comfortable doing it, if you don't want to, you don't have to. I wonder what. Yeah. So, so one of the, one of the variations was to, um, instead of having like the guy in the lab coat, the authority saying, yes, you have to do it. Um, they sent in another actor to, um, that was just sort of at the peer level, but, and every time they would tell them you're supposed to turn it up. Cause that's what this says. They actually would not do it. And they thought that guy was horrible. So it's just the authority figure that they would not they would just turn it up and go, that's what I'm supposed to do. But if it was a peer, they would be like, no, not only that, but you're evil. Okay. So yeah, it's really fascinating. So, um, so anyway, the, the point is, is that we do so many things in the name of, you know, it's what I'm supposed to do in the name of authority, in the name of government and the religion, even, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, Maybe it's time that you do what you're supposed to do that you know what you're supposed to do. Right. They they say that just because it's legal doesn't make it right. And just because it's right doesn't make it legal. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if we had no government, then it would mean that, you know, you would, you would have to face yourself in the mirror every day and know, Okay. Well, but bad guys that are doing bad things that are against the law and bad girls that are doing things that are against the law, they're having to do that anyway. They're having to look in their face in the mirror. You're right. But we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, there's nothing I can do. All I can do is to hope that the police catch them. The difference is, is that right now we can't do anything. I can't do anything personally. Oh, you can't go so, up by their toes. Right. I can't. Yeah. I can't go grab them and say, look, I'm going to give you a piece of whooping and, you know, and you better not do that anymore. So, because then I would be in trouble because that's against the rules for me to take care of that. So, you know, I mean, and then this comes around to the whole, well, if you can beat up that guy, if he does something wrong, that means somebody else can beat up anybody that they want, which does this not open everything up to bullying? If you've ever witnessed or seen any kind of bullying, like in the workplace or anything, or even when we were kids, if you, if you experience any of that, you know, what do you do? Do you just like sit there? You know, um, if everybody was allowed to do, there's no allowed. So if you could do whatever you wanted, well, if some jackass is being mean to somebody, well, you can step up and bow up to him and do whatever it needs to be done. So 
you know, it, yeah. it, it kind of evens itself out. Right. I, I, that was one of the things we had mentioned because I said something like, well, what if, cause it was kind of a tribal futuristic tribal situation we had our characters in and well, you know, if the uh, other neighboring tribe comes and steals one of our maidens, you know, and you were right. like, yeah, how do you think that's going to go over? <laughs> right, right. So we, you know, so feuding, one of theirs. feuding yeah. becomes the, the norm. Right. So, you know, and that's, it kind of goes back to, you know, survival of the fittest. If you're inclined to feud, and you've got, you know, the Hatfields and the McCoys and everybody's killing each other. Well, eventually they won't be part of the gene pool. So, you know, right. if, if we did this, maybe we could actually get rid of violence because all the violent people would kill each other. So then what if all the violent people just killed all the peaceful people though? Well, then you, um, so the idea is that you can be a peaceful person, but somebody's going to have to step up and say, I'm going to, I'm going to do what's right. So, and if you're a peaceful person who doesn't do what's right, well, as far as I'm concerned, we don't need you in the gene pool either. You know, I mean, we don't want what we want is people that are going to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Okay. So the bad guys mm-hmm. die, the wusses die. Got it. Yep. Okay. So I thought about this. My uh, hero is Ron Paul. I, one of my heroes, but he's my big hero. And he talks about the rule of law a lot and how that's why America works. And I was thinking about this today because I was thinking about this interview and I thought, You know, take Mexico versus the United States. Mexico really doesn't have the rule of law. It has laws, but it's it's run by the cartels. Everyone knows this from the top to the bottom corruption. You can pay people off anywhere to do anything. And the people are defenseless and there's no rule of law. And then you could add, I think that if Mexico did have uh, a little like finger in the pot of rule of law, that they would blow us out of the water just it, their culture and their natural resources and their tourism. And the, it's just beautiful. And the people are amazing. I think that they would blow us away. And then I think it's a little bit arrogant of me to say that we have the rule of law here in the United States, because we're pretty much run by a cartel too. It's just different people and they're above the law. The law doesn't apply to the people that rule us. And they get people get paid off all the time to do everything. Our entire government is just as corrupt as Mexico's. So I don't know what I'm saying, except that our law system works slightly because it's much harder to pay off a cop in the United States. You'll probably get in trouble if you try or a judge, you know, you can pay so, off a politician. <laughs> so I think, I think the, the rub here is that you know, if you have, if you have law or the illusion of law, then you have a lot of people who are living under the illusion that that is a real thing. And because they know that police officers have the authority to come get you, to put you in handcuffs, to put you in jail, if you do this and this and this, basically what what we have in a situation like that in Mexico or even here or wherever where you can pay people off is you've got um, only law that applies to the people who either allow it to apply to them or the people who don't want the laws to apply to them if they can afford it to not apply to them I'm saying equality in lawlessness, you know, we don't have the, in, in, in an anarchist society, you don't have the illusion of law. All you have is what am I going to do and how is it for the benefit of everyone? So, okay. So in the individual might actually act better because they are um, beholden to their own conscience. Right. Okay. But then where do we, what about, uh, environmental, you know, the, the plastics that end up in the ocean, 
I mean, they're ending up there anyway. Um, so everything that I, everything that I'm like playing devil's advocate and saying, well, maybe we should have a few laws here. Um, I'm like, well, that's not working anyway. You know? So, right. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I think we're pretty stinking arrogant in thinking that, you know, we're so whatever, you know, we're, we have so much power that we're going to screw up the earth. The earth has been around a crap ton of years and the earth will continue to go and things will die off and will die off. And, but the earth will integrate all that crap plastics and do something with it. You know, we're just another part of this. We're just another piece in the long history. What we're concerned about really is we're going to mess up the earth for us. Right. So, you know, at a certain point, if we continue this way, as long as we survive, we're going to have it pretty rough a little bit down the line because we're going to have to deal with plastics that are, that are hovering there. It's possible that we kill off so much of, you know, non-human life that we can't breathe or we can't eat or, you know, we don't have what we need to sustain ourselves. That's the real situation. So, right. The earth will be fine. The earth is going to be fine. Yeah. So, and, and things, and things become extinct all the time. You know, we'd like to think that, oh, that's terrible. It's just the way it is. We're going to be there. You know, I mean, think about it. What if we still had dinosaurs? You mean we're not going to be there? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Eventually we will not be there. So, yeah. So let's go on with this, uh, no government concept and kind of go there a little further. Um, so communities would, I mean, because if you think of tribal society in the United, in, in the United States, in on this continent for thousands of years, even while there were democracies, they were democracies where um, the people really didn't have much say. There were there were other ruling things going on in Europe and Asia, while over here it was tribal. And then same in Australia, they would have had, and same in South America. It was just tribal going on. So would you consider a tribal government of types government, or is that anarchy? When you have, you know, a tribal hierarchy, a chief, is that government or, or not? Well, so that's a good question. Um, so I think that really there is no complete lack of government because what I'm proposing is self-government. So, so anything other than self-government um, kind of then, I mean, because that's what we do, right? We govern ourselves. That's what the amygdala or the whatever that piece of the brain is right that controls our um then the impulse to just take off your clothes and run screaming down the hallway so um so you have if you have a tribal if you have like a chief or a chieftain and a you know some sort of elders or whatever you want to call it you know again that is that is going back to taking the the power of govern the power of governing away from the person so and i think you know it may just be in our nature to go to a mediator you know just to say I mean, you, you've got the stories of the, who, who was it, King Solomon or whatever that was going to cut the baby in half in the Bible, you know? I mean, why are you going to a king at all? If it's your child, you take it, you know? You punch the other woman in the face and you take your baby, you know? So, but again, why didn't they do that? Because there's probably rules that, won't allow you to punch somebody in the face. I think that this that yeah. this argument for um, 
no government at all is going to fail miserably with humans because way too many humans want to control other humans. It's kind of their role in life, their whole purpose in life to control other people. And so mm-hmm. those, unless those people would die out because they're so annoying, they would all get like, you could it'd be like, why did you kill them? Because they were trying to control me and it was annoying the crap out of me. Right. Right. So, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the hard, the hard part about this too is, have you ever seen the show Deadwood? I think I might've saw a half episode, maybe. The interesting thing about that was, you know, they're in the, they're in the old West and, you know, is there law or is there no law? You know, the sheriff comes into town. And so again, the illusion of law you know, cause you have the really, really, really bad guy, you know? And I'm like, y'all, you know, somebody just stab him in the throat with a pencil for crying out loud. Let's just take him out. It was the sheriff and he was the bad guy. No, no, no. There was another guy. The sheriff was the good guy. Um, but there, you know, and there were a few bad guys through the whole thing anyway, but at the very end of it, there's a really, really, really jackass bad guy. Anyway, so you also have to be able to sort of, I don't know, sacrifice yourself? Maybe not. Because, I, I mean, I, I think about that all a lot when people are like, well, you know, here's this bad guy and he just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, you know what? There's a guy right next to him who is like in charge of like his calendar or something. You know, that person needs has is the has the perfect opportunity to just whack him you know we could save so much heartache and probably lives you know if somebody who was like the second in command just realized man he is bad okay i'm gonna get in trouble but i have to kill him you know okay again we have the law thing and you don't want to mess yourself okay so i'm thinking now like in terms of you know it's modern society we live in these little towns we live in and big cities we live in and we have neighbors and we have stores and stuff and there are neighborhoods where it would probably be okay but you know i'm thinking of like the neighborhoods where people feel pretty safe is because there's generally not much crime there they feel perfectly fine walking down the street, walking their dog, being a woman alone. And then there's neighborhoods where you don't feel safe because you could get jumped by a gang at any minute, right? And so, and there's not a rule of law there. The rule of law is kind of the gang type mentality. And um, so it's that illusion of the rule of law that makes us feel safe, but it doesn't work everywhere. That gang thing is happening all over America and people don't feel safe. And that is law. The gang thing, that's that illusion of law. And I think one of the reasons why you may not feel safe walking that is because you don't know what that illusion should be. You're not clear on what that law is. If you're supposed to walk this way or that way or eye contact or no eye contact or, you know, I mean, what is, I mean, it's just like going to any other culture. If somebody said, we're going to go to a country and, um, they're not like us at all. And, um, and we're not really sure if, you know, what you have to do to anger somebody or what you do to, to make somebody happy, but you need to go there and you need to go grocery shopping. You're going to be like, oh, hell hopefully I'm going to smile, you know, but then you're like, do I have eye contact? You know, cause in some social situations, eye contact is bad. You know, you look somebody in the eye that's well, you get to crap beat out of you or you get killed or whatever. So, I mean, what was that? Remember that back in the eighties or nineties, they had that kid that was he threw his chewing gum on the ground in Singapore. Yes. And then he got caned. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. So that's the thing is that not only, so he went in with the illusion of law 
as he knows it. So, but when you walk through a part of town that you perceive as, you know, the bad part of town or whatever, it's because the, the illusion of law, you know, is not your illusion of law. It is different. You know that there's not going to be police officers just running around and everything's peachy okay. keen. I mean, I guess what I'm wondering is like, if we had no law, you know, mm-hmm. I feel relatively safe at home. Like nobody's going to, you know, probably come up my driveway and, and, and beat me up steal me or whatever, you know, um, right. <clears throat> except for my government, they might do that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if they disappear me, because we have no more fourth amendment rights, you can be, uh, detained indefinitely on suspicion of terrorism as an American citizen. No, no. Anyway, that's a whole other issue. Um, <clears throat> so the only, yeah, I'm, I don't fear my, my fellow man really at all. Um, but if there were no illusion of the rule of law, we might have to have somebody sitting there with a gun guarding the gate, you know, like make sure nobody shows up. Who's out there? We don't know who's out there. It's this, you know, let me ask you this. Your husband is not the first person you dated. Shh. <laughs> so can you search your memory and think of somebody you might have dated ever that might not have been super perfect and kind and generous and everything that might at some point in the last how many ever years might have just gotten it into his weird little noodle that you did him wrong? Oh, Sure. And maybe he's stalking you. Ooh. So, and you don't know, and and his illusion of law is not ours, right? Because if he's stalking you and he thinks you did him wrong at some point, he's working on taking you out. Okay. And you don't have any freaking clue, right? You're just happy as a clam going through your life with your illusion of law. You don't have to sit out there with a shotgun because you're not thinking of, you know, crazy James coming up and, and popping a cap in you. You forgot about him. Hell, you don't even remember crazy James. So that's the thing is that should you worry now? I mean, I think about it sometimes and go, you know, you see those stories where that person just completely forgot about that guy that they dated or that girl that they dated. And then they show up three years later and kill him right there. What the hell? Again, we're back to this place where I keep thinking we need a little bit of, of law. We need a little rule of law here. We need a little bit of constitution. My other hero. And uh, it's not working. The people break the law anyway. They're like you said, your stalker comes and kills you anyway. You're not safe. It's an illusion of safety. Oh my gosh, I have to get this guy on this show. He's called the lock picking lawyer. Have you heard of him? <laughs> oh my gosh. You have to watch him on YouTube. The lock picking lawyer. <clears throat> he can break into any lock, any lock. And he shows you how to do it on YouTube in 30 seconds and people send him the ones that you can't break into and And they him. oh within a minute and a half and he's like oh and there's about four ways you can break into this one he was at a he can hotel rooms with your little do not disturb sign he can get in wow anyway um why did i bring him up uh because oh the the, when we lock our doors at night and feel like we're going to tuck in and be somewhat safe. It is a complete illusion. It is not true at all, at all. In fact, if you want to learn how to break into anyone's house, just go watch the lock picking lawyer. I think it's wonderful because he's poking all the holes, not only in our illusion, but in all of the, the, you know, the lock, the lock makers need to step up their game really. But um, no, it's all an illusion, the safety that our law provides us. So thank you for making me come to that conclusion. Um, All right. So I'm kind of siding with you now what else (laughs) what would happen if we had no government what uh okay 
what if China decides to just come and bowl us over with their massive military and their government? So, so between what you just said and 30 seconds ago, we can't just go immediately to no law. I mean, first of all, that's, I mean, the humans are just not going to let that happen, especially the humans who are in power, right? They're not. So, so in order to do this, we actually have to start the whole thing. Okay, so you're serious about this. Yeah, I mean, this this is what it would have to be if we go and populate the moon or where, wherever it okay, is. Okay, so we're I thought we were talking philosophically today, but you're 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 like you're on board. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you you can't. I, I mean, I kind of live that way anyway. I mean, this is why you know I am. I tend to get laid off more than the average Joe. You know. Because I'm the anarchist. Yeah, because, you know, when I see injustice or I see something that, you know, I'll speak up and people don't like that. You know, they don't want that kind of person in their world, you know. So, you know, I'm going to have to have other people like me to join me on this thing. You know, and then you still, you still don't know. I mean, I I mean, how did, how did religion come about? I mean, how did we, how did we invent God? Right. I mean, we needed to, to blame somebody or to, to, um, acute, not accuse, but you know, well, I mean, how does this all come about? I don't know. It's gotta be something else. So what do we call it? you know, nature, physics, science, God, whatever it is. And, and I'm a Christian. So, but that's separate apart from all that. But, you know, I mean, humans at, at some point, we all feel like, you know, what's it all about? Why are we even here? Why do we bother? You know, two seconds goes by and your children go from itty bitty to graduating high school. And you're like, what the hell happened? Why am I doing this again? So you need something. So, and I think the first step to government is religion, you know, and then, and then it just sort of, we start controlling each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm kind of back on China taking over. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go there. What I'm thinking is, so let's say it takes us two decades to roll back to where we're all okay. Like we vote for anarchy. Okay. And, uh, so, (laughs) which is kind of an oxymoron, right? Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we we did, they say 20% of America voted for the Democrats and 20% voted for the Republicans, which means 60% voted for no government at all. Ah. So I think we've got a majority there, a a really nice majority. Um, And I think after what, just everything that's been happening, I bet a lot of the Republicans and Democrats would get on board too. So assuming we can do this and that we've got about 20 years to make it happen, people would start to practice. No law, taking law into their own hands or so to speak. And people would form groups, communities, like-minded individuals, families, and they would want to protect themselves. And so we could have a national, you know, this physical thing we call a nation are that there would be no borders because there would be no nations. So the United States and Mexico and Canada would all blend beautifully together, right? Just all one big thing. And so how would we keep a warring thing like the massive army of China from just coming over and being like, y'all are China. So, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and skip forward with you and be there. Um, So I'm gonna guess 
that what one of the things that I would do is I would gather some like-minded people and go, um, whatever it is that I fear. So in this case, we're fearing China. Um, we're going to say, okay, look, um, we have the airplanes and the bombs and the tanks and the whatever hoorah, right? Who knows how to drive them? Who knows how to fly them? Who knows how to work all this crap? Are you going to volunteer to be on board to help with this? So let's get some people together and go, okay, this is what we're going to do. Now, you're going to have people in there going, well, I think we should do this. And then somebody else is going to go, mm, I don't know. I think we should do this. So almost instantly, you have to figure out a way to drive consensus to, to make a decision. Because if everybody who could drive a tank gets a tank, and they each decide to do something different. There has to be organization. Right. And so, and that's kind of, so, but, it, but you're going to have to self-organize, right? And you're going to have to realize that, yeah, if you don't agree with what this bundle of people are doing, you can go off and do your own thing. You can just pick up your tank and go play someplace else. However, um, you're, I mean, the, you have to figure out some sort of cooperation, you know, and it could be that somebody really just thinks that, golly, I really think we should do it this way. So I'm going to go over there and kill that guy. So he'll shut his mouth. Okay, well, then you start firing up a whole lot of craziness over on this end. Yeah, I just think people are so, going to want government. I think they're going to come back to you know, we need to be organized. We need to kind of elect somebody to run the military, which is, you know, the commander in chief. Um, and leaders are going to rise because there's those types of people who are leaders and people are going to get behind them because the vast majority of people are followers. And I just think it's kind of like going back to that tribal concept, you know, a chief, they, they had a chief. And it was kind of his word at the end of the day when we need to come up with who's it go sit around the chief and ask him what he thinks. And there could be right. a tribal council, but that's the same thing. It's, it's, it's government. It's still a government. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, what did our guys say? You know, the government that governs least governs best. I think the closest that we could get to anarchy or the closer we can get to anarchy, the better. Because that's really what that is, is the government, you know, should be there to, you know, fix the roads so I can drive on them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you don't need to tell me to help the, my neighbor who's hungry. No, what I need to do is freaking make some soup and take it to them. Yeah. You know, so, and, and I think that's a big problem is that in addition to the more the the more we have government the more again it comes back to i don't have to govern myself but i also don't have to be responsible for anything else i mean i had a friend um that i was talking to this about a long time ago and she said well you know if you see somebody who's on the side of the road and with a broken leg or something you know, so you don't think the government should come along and help them? I said, no, I think somebody needs to come along and help them. A person needs to go, gosh, that person has a broken leg. I'm going to go help them. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what if it was you sitting there and nobody came by and helped you? Well, if I have a broken leg on the side of the road and nobody comes by and helps me, shame on the bunch of you assholes is what I say. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't want the government to come help me. I just want to know, I'm just going to lay here with my broken leg and sit here and die because I don't want to be in a world where regular people won't just stop and help people, you know? 
the good so. Samaritan. That's the story. And we are, we do have it. So if we minimalized, let's go, let's just take it one step above anarchy and minimalize government. And what if the federal government did what it was originally supposed to do, which was uh, maintain our borders and keep us uh, safe, I want to say, by having a military. Like, like that's pretty much it. It is taxation is theft. There's, there should be no taxes. Now, the states can do what they want. Local communities can do what they want. You know, if you, if you want to live in a state that tells you everything you have to do and takes half your money and all, then you could, but you could move out to another one. Um, I, I pulled this up because when we were talking about anarchy, I thought, I'm just going to read this. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for the people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God, I can't read this. <clears throat> Sorry, y'all, don't get old. That's what my dad says. Um, anyway, we hold these trees. It's basically when the, when the government gets out of hand, throw them off and start over, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that men were created equal and that they were endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There are an infinite number of unalienable rights. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Yeah, it goes on to say the history of the present, the, the king at the time, absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. I am reading you the Declaration of Independence, people. This is how amazing our founders were. And he, they go on to list grievance after grievance after grievance after grievance. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And if you read through these, you'll see that a lot of these are going on right now. Anyway, um, I love the Constitution and I love our founders and I love what they did and they risked their lives to start this new country. And they started it with a very minimal government. They did. They didn't come over here and say free for all. And so. Yeah. So, um, and it sounds like what they did was say, you know, like you said, what, it, what is the minimum that we have to have so that people feel safe and not only that people feel safe, but people will buy into it. Because I think that's the thing is that whether or not anarchy could work, people won't buy into it because they're afraid. Um, now, the question is not, are they afraid because their neighbor will murder them? Are they afraid that they're not going to be able to live up to their own, you know, uh, are they going to be able to do what's right? Because I think one of the problems with this whole, with, our, with your idea of like, we, do, we vote anarchy and here we go, um, is that we're trained in the illusion of law. So as much as I would love to have anarchy, I still am trained. I mean, we would have to have 50 years or so of us dying off so that our children's children and et cetera could, could grow up with the mindset of self-government. So, yeah, so that's it. I don't think you're going to get people to just jump in and go, sure. You know, and yeah. I think that's, that's one of the big problems right now is that so many people feel like the government is doing good when what they forget to see is that they too could do good. You know, they, ha they have the opportunity to do good, but the government's almost 
the government doesn't allow us to do good anymore. You know, we, you know, it's not, I don't even know about the people who are hungry in my neighborhood because, you know, they're being taken care of by the government, you know? So if it's almost like, I, I don't, I don't get an opportunity to help people. That's interesting. So I have a, um, I have a couple of friends who consider themselves socialists and we talked and one of them believes in, but totally believes in the government safety net is what she calls it, the social safety net. And we've had this discussion where, and I can't get through to her that people are good and that you're not gonna let people, you're not gonna see people dying on the street. You didn't before income tax. And, um, and what you're saying is people are being robbed of that opportunity of getting to be good. And mm -hmm. if we didn't have an income tax, people would probably get back to tithing in a way, whether or not it was at church or whether it was to, I've got to give back to my community. I made bank this year, you know, and there's these mm -hmm. people over here that are suffering. That's it. There's nothing that feels better than helping someone, you know, and that's for mm -hmm. regular people, not sociopaths and not psychopaths. And right. so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you there. And uh, so minimal government, the, the, the minimal, so we're, we would have to start with the federal government, I guess. Um, so our, our, our state governments the, are out of hand too. But. The first, the first, um, my first experience, maybe my only real experience of uh, the federal government encroaching on state government and maybe this just stands out because I was a teenager at the time was um you remember how we used to have um you used to have to be 18 to drink right yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then and in Texas it uh became 21 but in Louisiana it was still 18 so if you could manage to get your butt across the border you could go drink so um, and then we, there, we, ha we got a nationwide drinking age of 21. And I don't know if this is true because um, we didn't have Google back then to, to verify it. So, but what I understood from somebody. As if Google's <laughs> not censoring the, the, the truth now. Come on, Bob, go ahead. Well, yeah, but I mean, I didn't even have <laughs> a place to start looking it up. So, um, so what I understood was the federal government said, we're going to allot some of the federal tax dollars to your state to fix highways, but we're not gonna let you have it if your drinking age is under 21. So they didn't make the law that you have to be 21 to drink. All they said was, we're not giving you any money unless you make that law that's extortion and to me that is horrible and that is the problem it's not that the federal government is necessarily making laws it's that they have so much money that they can control where they send the money and they can say well we're not going to let you have money unless you do this mm -hmm. you know and to me that you know we we need to get rid of, I mean, I'm happy getting rid of the income tax, you know, and I'm happy to have a, have a Texas state income tax, which we don't right now. But I think, I mean, I would much rather pay Texas income tax than nation income tax. Well, how so, about instead of an income tax, a, a flat tax on unnecessary items and goods? You know, and I would much rather have tax on what I spend than tax on what I make. And you have both, which is double taxation, which should be illegal. Mm, good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every dollar you get is mul taxed multiple times. So um, I love this. I, you and I could sit and, and talk about this all night long. <laughs> um, so well, we have families that probably want us to. <laughs> yeah. Getting close to dinner time. I love you yeah. so much. And I'm so happy I that you, you came into this. So you're my first family member to come on the show. Oh, fine. Yeah. I want to get my dad on here. 
Um, anyway, is there anything that you would leave us with if you could tell the world something? It doesn't have to do with anarchy. Do the right thing. You, you know what to do. Do the right thing. Even if it doesn't benefit you or if it specifically not benefits you, if it's the right thing, suck it up and do it. And, and, and do it. Don't, don't just ignore it because that's a really easy thing to do too. You know, it's like, if I just ignore it, it'll go away, you know, no, step up to the plate. If you see somebody being mean to somebody in the grocery store, you tell them you stop it. Because strangely enough, people recognize authority if you act like authority. Just so weird. But yeah. Okay. So do the right thing. Okay. Well, thank you. And thank you. We are on Telegram. If you want to find us on uh, Freedom Junkie Radio on Telegram, there's also the Freedom Junkie Radio chat where you can jump in and <clears throat> become part of the conversation. These videos are available on YouTube. Some of them are, some of them aren't. And, but the rest of them are available on Rumble or BitChute, currently on Facebook and Instagram. So follow and subscribe and share. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, let's get this platform for voices to bring our freedom to the next level out there. I just appreciate you so much. If you listened here to the end, it's because we love each other. I think that's why. <laughs> so uh, um, till next time, see you, Freedom Junkies. <laughs>